record, right? Cheers. Got the jars this time. We're drinking out of mason jars because we are just a couple farm folk. (laughs) (laughs) Just a folksy folksy duo. A folksy duo. Uh, Welcome to Off the Record with Nick and Trey, episode three, season two. We made it all the way to season two. We've been a little inconsistent this season, but that is because we're doing some really epic stuff that we're really excited to share with you. So take a breather, chill out, you'll be fine. And we're happy you're here. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Me and Trey have been talking a little bit about um, recycling. We're going to start there. And uh, I'm going to to Ireland in in about a month. Belfast, right? Belfast, Ireland, to hang out with my my dudes at Power of Video, a video conference there, which I'm really excited about. But they have a... Video challenge, challenge a contest, and so I'm going to enter making a video, and it's all about recycling this year because recycling is dope. You know, I mean, I don't know. I think we all know recycling is important. Well, it's like a, it's like an, a, I don't know. The environment is a very hot topic these days. So hot, which it shouldn't be. It, well, it should be. It's physically hot. <laughs> it is very of, hot because of climate change. It's but very hot. It, it is understood that there is some things wrong with the planet, and it's very, it's very important to have a message of just general responsibility for the planet. Responsibility and, and respect, yeah. And so the recycling topic that, that they've, they've proposed is a relevant one for the times, I think. I think so. And and really, like, the, that's a, a stepping stone, you know? Yeah. Like, get people into caring, which I think that a lot of... I, we're in the Pacific Northwest where, a lot, where it's, like, kind of built into our society. Yeah. But, it's, it's pretty well established. But uh, recycling is really important. So getting to, to write... We've been, Trey has been helping me a little bit write this script for a 60-second video. That's a very... Strict limitation. It goes. It's happens real seconds, fast. You can't. Yeah. It's gonna be real fast. It's, like, but, it's hard um, to be compelling in sixteen seconds. But yeah, it's you can do it. We we it. we'll make it happen. And I think you can do it. And we're almost there. But uh, so we've been talking a lot about that. And um, Trey brought up some things. So it's recycling. Yeah. So that's topic number one. Great. It's it's, it's kind on. of a the the topic itself is like oh recycling like it, it, uh, you know, it it's very surfacey like sure. yeah the recycling's good but it's 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 hard to tell a story that's not just like oh what what happens to your trash when you get rid of it like totally. and and how can we repurpose the trash? like what kind of what kind of story do you actually yeah, tell in a 60 second video yeah it's pretty that's <clears throat> that's like a pretty basic con- concept i think I, and like, to me i think that it's a lot like making a PSA about brushing your teeth. Yeah. It's like everybody well, agrees that you should brush your teeth, but, but some people just are lazy and don't sometimes. But it's but, a perfect analogy, you know. But but yeah. the the importance of it is there, and people do believe that that is a thing that you need to care about. Yeah, but not brushing your teeth is not killing the planet. So that is <laughs> true. But if but also recycling but, but isn't an individual's saving the planet, either. planet. An individual's planet is their body. Yeah. And your mouth starts to rot. There's like con- I had a friend, there's consequences. I, I had a friend in Colorado when we lived there that uh, when he had braces, 
he just never brushed his teeth. And when he got his braces off, there were literally holes around where the braces were that mounted. So fucking gross, dude. It was gnarly. Dude, and I'm like, number one, gross. Number two, what the fuck? Why have you not been brushing your teeth for the past two years? Like, I have no idea how often he did it, but that was, I think I was like 19 or 18 when that, when that happened. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had already understood this, but from then on, I will never skip brushing my teeth because I don't want holes in my face. So why don't I share, why don't I share a little bit about my concept, our concept, my concept that I, that I borrowed, I, Trey helped me with. I supplemented. Because I don't think that this won't influence the video making or anything, but so the concept of, of recycling is important as we all know, just like brushing your teeth, but there's something bigger in there. Lod knows me and Trey are always poking to find the big fish. <laughs> we're trying we're, to find that big nugget. We're trying to find the big nugget hidden between two cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, well, here we are. Um, yeah, so between those two cheeks, I found a nugget in this recycling. Uh, it's a big brown gold nugget. Yeah, I found a, a big one. And I think that as creators, I think maybe anybody who's listening to this, I'm assuming that you're kind of probably a creator as well, which I appreciate you being here and thank you for listening. But uh, recycling recycling garbage is one thing, but the concept of recycling is not new at all. None of it's new, really. <laughs> but, uh, That's the point of recycling. Is you, but, you make old stuff into new stuff. You make old stuff into new stuff. So I'm going to read one line, which is the line kind of from from my script, which we have not, which I have not recorded. Trey might help me, but um, the the main line in this script is 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 this: all it takes is someone that has the spark of passion to sift through all of it. Find the pieces that still have potential and process them into something new. That is the definition. That is not the definition. That is the realization of the power of recycling. Yeah. And so from that, in my script, we talk about garbage. Yeah, garbage sucks. No doy. Then we talk about recycling um, ideas and sounds and styles and anything that the designers or or producers or creatives or musicians or whatever it's like that is a concept of recycling and then some people recycle literal garbage to make something beautiful which is powerful i think that that like all of that is a part of recycling which is in in turn a universal concept of taking something that has no value recognizing the value that it may still have and then manifesting that value to those that can't see it. Exactly. And we don't, uh, like, the world doesn't need 100% creatives or creators. It can't function that way. So uh, there are people in this world who look at a, a something that's designed really well and they appreciate it, but they literally cannot conceptualize how or why it was made that way. Yeah. And, and 
or we, how it could be different or how it could be different because it just is it is to them because their their passion and their mind is wired in a way that's to to work towards their own thing so in the world we're split and there's a split between categories of humans and without that split creatives would be would have no value so because people are creatives or they are finance people or they are passionate about um I don't know nonprofits and what whatever the hell like the passions are happening and when you're in your your passion which here it's creative our creative perspective of recycling this is not something that everyone sees we see it naturally and we think it's a no doy thing yeah but uh, some people just don't so it's that's the, and to expand a little bit, that's why you should make the thing that you think of. Because just because you think of something, a lot of times you'll tell yourself, well, everybody's thought of this, but they haven't. Like, stop there. They literally haven't. Maybe your collection of, of focused individuals have, but the, the bigger picture, the bigger group of humanity hasn't thought of it that yeah. way because you are one of let's say 20 categories of humans yeah but that that's the 120 is only five percent yeah and not only that even if somebody has thought of that they have not thought of it from your perspective and the perspective is the thing that yeah. gives everything your, the yeah. most value your experiences and your influences are injected into your interpretation of how the end product should be or the the end result should be. So totally. it's like even if you did think of something that tons of people have thought before, you have a unique perspective and a unique uh, interpretation of what it could be and what, what you could make it. it. Yeah, and that's and that's what dude, makes it the most valuable. This is this is actually hilarious because we have a we may have talked about this before. We have a game called the drawing game that we like to play sometimes. And when you know, we probably just a quick background, I'll tell you what happens in the drawing game. Yes, D R A R. Maybe w a w, maybe a w the in, there. in there. ing. So the drawing game, me and Trey or whoever, you can invite your friends. I played it with you, other people. Yeah, don't be jealous. Don't they, you only you don't want to play alone. <laughs> but yeah, Trey has a lot of friends. So. I don't. What you do is you open a page in a notebook, you draw a shape, any shape you want. Just wherever, then, wherever your pencil decides to go, that's, that is that is Follow the tip of that lead all the way home. And then what you do is you pass that drawing over to your pal, and your pal then has to interpret the shape, the basic shape, and find something creative and and thoughtful, not th- and hilarious. And, and, it's it's usually hilarious to draw, starting at that shape. Yeah, and, and you can add to it. You, you can sure, add sure, sure. things onto it to make it whatever you need to be. Oh, but yeah. the point of this is that that game. We could, me and you could start with the same shape, the same exact shape, pixel by pixel. We could start with the same shape. You would create something different than I would create. Definitely. And that's because our own uh, experience and our own 
influence of the world around us causes something different to come out of this shape, right? Absolutely. So it, it it's it's like yes, we start with the same idea, the same starting point. We both start in the same way. It's a shape. We have the same shape. But what I make out of it is going to be vastly different from what you make out of it. It may be similar, and it may be conceptually uh, consistent because we're a lot alike. We are. But it'll be very different. It'll be very different because we both put ourselves into whatever that turns into, right? Yeah. So in the same way... If you have an idea and if you if you have something that sparks your interest, even if other people have had that same idea, the end result and the interpretation of, of, of whatever you make out of it or whatever comes out of it is unique. It's never been done before. You know? I do know. It's a bit and which I love. And I I thought the, the drawing game is like, like I've taken, I've been out on first dates with, with people and brought, an, I, this is like almost like borderline, that, like there was an issue, but I brought a tiny little notebook in my back pocket and we played the drawing game while waiting for our seats at the, at the, at the uh, restaurant, which, which is hilarious because it says a lot about you and how you think on the fly about a abstract shape in what you can turn it into. But what I like about the drawing game, and I don't know if this is going to come back later, but I feel like this is a concept that might be bigger than what we're talking about right now, is that the drawing game is solely an additive creation. There is no subtraction from the original form that, that you can make. You have to take the entire thing and add on to it. There's no, we do this in pen. You don't ever play the drawing game. You don't ever play the drawing game in pencil. Even though we did just say, put the lead to the pen. Yeah, that whatever. was to, that was to add emphasis to the, the. Don't play it in pencil. <laughs> you play you, it in pen. Don't, yes. You play in pen or marker or whatever. Yeah. And you add to it because you're, you are, is a collaboration of creation where you, where one person defines an abstract nothing and that nothing becomes something, you know? And that's what I think is so interesting. Let's see if that comes back around later, okay. dot, dot, dot. Well, I'll also say that <laughs> it's also fun to draw a really ridiculous shape that's impossible to make into something and see what the other person does. And Nick and I do that often. Yeah. We challenge each other. Like, uh, at one point, I think I made, like, a half star, half arrow, and the we, result was interesting. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's pause real quick. <laughs> we already talked about this on last season's podcast. The results were riveting. Let's get into details, though. <laughs> Even if you've heard the previous podcast where we talked about this. So it was like a star shape. Like, think of a star. But then, like, How many what, prongs did you draw? I think there are four prongs. Four prongs? That's a four Four fifths. prongs, but the, of the fifth prong was literally an arrow. So it went out into a actual... After the two points went out, then it went to three points of an arrow. Yeah, so like... Straight out. Straight out, then and then a triangle. Jarred out, then down to the... Yeah, I, I remember this very well. 
Nick. Which, by the way, this was like literally 10 years ago. <laughs> Nick drew a frizzy haired woman. She had birthing a baby where the arrow it turned into the action of birthing. Yeah. And there was a baby at the tip of the arrow. Not only that, he had the... It was anatomically the, the, fairly... Well, no, it, yes, it was disgusting. <laughs> but you had, you had the nuance on there, which was the Italian boots. You put Italian... She was wearing Italian boots. Like, low-cut, not even, like, boot boots. No. They were, like, low-cut boots, pointy, with a little heel. And so that was very unique. Nobody in the entire universe would have taken that shape and turned it into a birthing mother with Italian boots on with frizzy hair. A a very, very thick, curly-haired mother with Italian boots. And it was very offensive. So that was that was another part of it is like is like I looked at it and I was like, oh my god, dude, what what is wrong with you? And like that spin, like you tried to offend me. By being like, I, you're a dick, you drew this crazy shape, Yeah, I'm going to do my best to make this the most offensive thing I've ever yeah. thought of, and you succeeded. And there, there's that, there's that uh, responsiveness to, to the action of taking the shape that I drew, mm-hmm. having a little bit of spite in there, and then turning into something that offended me deeply yeah. and was really gross and it was very graphic and disgusting there's there's so much there's so much creativity and and um interaction with just that drawing yeah because not only were you trying to solve a problem and 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 meet a challenge but you were also trying to fuck with me get back with you were trying to get back at me being like okay you're gonna draw a dumb shape i'm gonna draw Something that you're going to be really, really upset by. Yeah. And so, like, that, I I don't know, that's just, that's, so would you, that's something that would never have come up unless it was me and you. You know what I mean? But a lot of people could have drawn something from that. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Starfish with a hat or something. That's probably what I would have gone with. Be like, cool, it's a starfish, but he's wearing a cone hat. Sure. You know, that's, that's basic and stupid. But, you but turned it into something that I've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just the worst. Do you, would you consider the drawing game, which is innocent and passive? I think, like, I, I mean, we, we are focused, but it is just happening. It's not a, it's not a thing that we're trying to get other people to, to join in on to make a difference necessarily. Mm-hmm. But would you consider that game a... a maybe a part of of recycling ideas is it taking it is collaboration because you're drawing the in, uh, initial shape D- am i recycling the initial shape maybe maybe not i don't know i think you're re-envisioning it sure and that's part of what recycling is is you're taking some like raw material yeah that has expended its use sure and you're re Invigorating it into something that is more that is still useful. Reduce, so like reuse, recycle. Yeah, exactly. I'm reusing it for sure. But like you think about plastic when you're recycling plastic, right? Plastic is everywhere. Plastic is used for almost anything. 
you, you take a plastic bottle that used to have like a soda in it or whatever, that plastic can still be used to make more more plastic. And that's yeah. that's kind of like a it's like a loop, right? Sure. But that's not the only thing we recycle. We recycle metal, we recycle glass. Like there's a lot of things that, that get recycled that turn into something that could be even more valuable than its original mm-hmm. purpose, right? So in that way, it's like all you're doing is you're taking something that was, which in the drawing game, it's like a shape. It's like the shape's already drawn, and you're repurposing that object or material mm-hmm. into something that is different and new by adding to it in the drawing game. But in some cases, you're just taking the material and turning it into something that's that's similar, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but you're not wasting resources creating the same thing, you know? Like if 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 it's glass or whatever, you're not ta- you're not taking new sand and melting it down and turning it into glass. Totally. Because that's that's the expending resources. Instead, you're taking something that was already expended and re, re redoing it into something that is similar and and you now have saved yourself those resources i guess sure in some way yeah yeah i'm not sure that was a really long it way was. to explain recycling, and I regret doing but that. The, but, but in the in the video that I'm working on, the the point of it comes down to, and we're sharing with this, this with you because there's probably only going to be twenty of you, and we appreciate you. <laughs> so, and two um, of those people are going to be me and Nick. Yeah, so. we'll be listening to it. So, um, eighteen of you. But the, the concept you. of it all is is. Uh, it, that recycling as a bigger concept, not just recycling trash, but like recycling in the world, recycling f- for for ideas, for sounds, for styles, seeing the value, you know, it comes down to this, which is taken out of my script as well. But it takes an awareness of unrealized potential, you know. Uh, seeing value and purpose in something or someone that others might not see. That's the part that kind of hits me, and I'm trying to still figure out the end of part of the script, but it's like recycling is not about just taking something and making it, making it something new. It's also about like it's truly about seeing value in something that others have neglected and and like... The part of my whole thing is like I'm trying to spin this video into like there are people there are parts of our community that people have gently not like not like purposefully but they've given up on you know the people on the on the corner of your street who were who worked as some something like maybe they were bakers and now they're fucking homeless it's like, who stopped seeing the value in them? Somebody did. And now that now the, all it takes is somebody to, to, like I said in this whole thing, all it takes is someone who has a spark of passion to sift through all of it. 
Find the pieces that still have value and process them into something new. The people who are on the corner that were bakers, that were fucking welders, like whatever, the, the people who are suffering because of the state of our culture, maybe, or the state of their past, like the value still there. Are we willing to, to sift through it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the depth in this I'm trying to hit in 60 seconds that is not almost attainable. It's a challenge. Um, sure. Like, I don't know. Like, there's a bigger, there's a bigger thing that you could see. Like, do you see it? You know? Yeah. What? Well, it's almost like every, everything has value. It's just, it, you have to realize where it fits. You know? That's, that is, that is very true. And that's very broad, which is, which allows I'm sure the mind to. I'm sure there's flaws in that statement. But I, but but I, I think I, I'm, that I'm saying like, like, like everything is physical. Everything is in the world. And even things that we might not have value for, like, I don't know. Dirt, I don't know. Dirt, dirt is like. Dirt is usually the thing that is equated to to zero value. Yeah, it, know, like, yeah. In in language, it's like totally. it's like you are you are dirt. It means you're useless. Yeah, but dirt is used for planting crops, planting plants. Like plants love dirt, right? Dirt is the base. Dirt has the value. base of all of our buildings and everything. Yeah, and like I don't know, like the. There's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot in dirt that could be used, right? It, like, I don't know. It, I I'm sure <laughs> that there's things that exist that we haven't found a use for, but I'm sure I'm sure we could find a use for them. Well, like in Back to the Future Part Two. Oh shit! You're going straight to the two. Um, Doc Brown's uh, time machine now can run on garbage. Garbage. On garbage. Back to the recycling. Here he's, we go. Yeah. And he's grabbing like like banana peels and bullshit from the garbage can because that will fuel the, the flux capacitor, flux capacitor. Or, or whatever else is in there. And it's what I like about that <laughs> the scene at the beginning of uh, Back to the Future 2 is that the... the the compost tube that's on the back of the car is branded by somebody. It's like some, it's, I don't remember what it is, but it's like, it's the, I don't know, like the compost boy. Yeah. Like some weird brand name on the thing that he added to the car, which is hilarious. Uh, but all that, all that garbage does actually have, there's still unrealized potential. Yeah. And in, in, in our, jo- our job, in order to, to effectively live sustainable lives, is to realize the potential in things. It's like no, there's not a lot of people that are out there trying to find uses for things, right? And we, and we produce way more waste than we have solutions for. Totally. And that's part of the reason why recycling is so important. But it's also like anybody... And, like, we've kind of been talking about creatives. Creatives are the ones that look at something and they see, they see sure. potential about it. It doesn't have to be creatives. Anybody can see potential in anything. They just have to spend the time to figure it out. They have to spend the time to analyze it and be like, what could this be used for? 
It would, and you know. and you, th- you the more you think about it, the more you start <clears throat> figuring out like, oh shit, this has blah some chemicals in it or whatever. Like this has whatever in it. <clears throat> That's how we realize that we we can recycle these materials. That's the only reason why recycling exists is because we figured out a way to be like, we produce all this plastic. And it's just waste. It's like, how can we make that? How how can we, how can we take that those materials and make it into something that's useful? There's people that think about that, but it's not just people that are scientists or creatives or whatever that could think about that. It's just it just takes a like a lot of thought to like think about. That's sometimes how like these creative endeavors where people take driftwood off the beach and they're like this kind of looks like a dog and then they make a fucking but that's carving to, of but a dog but that is back to creatives it's but true I, but it's, i think but, but yeah I think but, you're right that 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 we are we are creative so it's hard for us to imagine even imagine the other categories of humans and that's the same for them and back to my thing i said it's like they don't even understand how creatives make a thing how do i'm not even creative i don't even know how that was made it's because we don't understand them either. Yeah. And so like them seeing the, the, it takes every category to see the value in something. And if you, if every category says there is no value in that, then, then maybe there's not, but everyone has to commit to a little bit of sifting through all of it. Yeah. In order to find to find that value and and creatives like the examples I make in this video that I'm planning are all creative because I can't imagine their side, anybody else's side of it. Yeah. But I guess I guess what I'm saying is like the the typical stereotype of a creative, like somebody who's like a designer or something like that. Is that's not what it takes to realize the potential no, of something. No, no, anybody at all. could exercise their creativity to find the use of something. Yeah, because everybody has potential to be creative. The 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 finding finding a potential solution in of itself is creative. Yes, but but not necessarily or uh, organized under the creatives yeah, category for yeah. sure. But I'm, what what I'm saying is like there. Are, the people who don't think about using something in a creative way aren't limited because they don't think about that. Sure. All, it, all it takes is somebody who can commit to following through with an, with an idea of like trying to figure out the use of something. Yeah. Like creativity isn't something that only creatives possess totally it's 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 a it's a marriage of passion and attention yes you know what i mean totally and so anybody can be creative as long as they're passionate about <coughs> a cause or or a purpose and they they spend the time to solve the problem or figure it out or study it you know what yeah. i mean so it's it's when 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 we use the term creatives it doesn't separate anybody from the the potential of being creative with with that. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Well, it demand all of all of new thinking about recycling or or anything 
demands a bit of passionate creativity. Yes. Uh, quick story. A couple of years ago when I worked in a five, six-story building, it's not that high, not a high-rise, but it was like in Portland, I had a, a spark in my head that was like, what if we could put in some sort of um, system in the gray water? I'm not talking about black water or like the, the, the shit water. I'm talking about like normal used water uh, system that goes back to the sewer mm-hmm. to be recycled or whatever. What if we could put a system in there of like – of uh, Something uh, fans. Well, I don't, I don't know what you. I'm not an engineer, so I don't really know what the thing is. But I was like, what if we could put a thing in there that that like a dam does, where it's collecting power as the water goes through. Yeah. And what if we could do that from every building that's over three stories tall? Yeah. Because all that water has to go down back to the sewer. Yeah. You you're using the power of gravity to create energy. Totally. So I was like, if we could, if we could normalize that as a thing that every city, every main, yeah. main, it's like you're more than three stories. Yeah, you got to cool. install these you, fans. You put this thing in. It, yeah. it's a. I don't know what it's called. What, don't worry about it. it. it you're matter. not an engineer. It doesn't matter. I'm you're, not an engineer. You're, so what? What, what did I do? So I had the idea, and I reached out to who did I reach <laughs> out to? My homie Joseph, mm-hmm. who is an, engi- an engineer. Civil engineer. He's a civil yeah. engineer. So I was like, dude, what if we did this? And he he's, he lives in Colorado. Joseph, if, if you're listening, uh, I love you. Um, reached out, sent him my idea. Graywater um, power creator. Power generator. Power generator. Uh, and so he, he, we kind of talked about it. He thought about it. Not a lot came of it because we're both busy as fuck. I swear to God, two years later... Somebody announced that in high rises they're they're going to be installing power generating um, flow things. Gravity powered batteries. Battery <laughs> or gravity powered power creators. Yeah, <laughs> but wait, wait, but like I have no, I don't even I don't even I don't think about engineering because I literally don't understand. I don't care or understand. I can't even think of the words to say because I care that little. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the, I, I did have that idea, and I was not the only one because a lot of people had those ideas. Yeah. And then it, it happened because some engineer had the, had the passion to push it There's like forward. there's a bunch of potential energy with water moving down. Yes. And if that we can capture And somehow. in big cities, I swear to God, water's always moving down. Because those fuckers shit more than anybody. Yep. They're, full, lot of, they're full of it. They're, they're full of <laughs> coffee and tacos. Yeah, pretty much. So it's just the runs all day. But so the, but that's a good example of like I am I stepped out of my lane in an idea. Yeah. And that was like once. I've never done that any other time. That was the one I'm time. Sure I've done it probably a couple more times. But I. But that's a good example. I reached out to the only person I knew that could, could yeah. comprehend my idea, or at least decipher my idea. Yeah. And uh, it ended up being an idea that was not worthless. Yeah. So all of our ideas are do have worth. Yeah. All you have to do is recognize that there is something to be done, and then either do it or give it to somebody who can do it. Beautiful. And so in 
in that sentiment, we're going to transition. We've talked about recycling, and I really appreciate you guys listening so far. Thank you for listening to my video concepts that were turned into a whole conversation. Now, we're going to transition into ideas that have to be things that have to be done. Okay. Um, Trey was talking earlier to me about uh, about a podcaster named Dr. Cornell West. And I think that uh, he, I'm going to let him talk a little bit, but he talks a lot about artists and creatives and musicians and yeah. comedians and like anybody. We're back to, to creatives, by the way. I'm sorry. Like we... This is but all we've already, this is, we've already established that anybody yeah. can be creative. Anybody can passion be and attention. Yeah, but but we're back to this. But he he's talking about that community is the the community that can shape the the outlook of society, basically, especially in times that are kind of rough. And I don't think maybe maybe I should say I I think that we're in a time that might require a little bit of uh, creative attention to, to express things because shit is fucking weird, right? Yeah, for sure. So, well, uh, let's, yeah. let's start off. It, so the podcast that I was listening to with Dr. Cornell West, which is an incredible podcast, I was kind of blown away by the conversation and it, it, it's the Joe Rogan experience I mean it's a it's a popular podcast and I listen to it and it's pretty hot it's pretty hot um, I listen to a lot of stuff but I, I love the Joe Rogan experience and I think that there's a lot of good people that appear on that podcast occasionally um, with a lot of cool wisdom and uh, this is an example of that so if, if you haven't listened to it um, it's episode uh, 1325, Dr. Cornell West. It's probably on YouTube, but it's also, you know, out there in the RSS feed land, probably on iTunes, whatever. Um, it's like the way that Dr. Well, West... So back up, back up. Dr. Cornell West is a philosopher, He's, political commentator. Yeah, I he, type he, of, he might be a professor. I can't remember exactly professor type what his uh, his jam is, but he's super into philosophy. And he's super into like historical context and he's super into like analyzing things from a level above what culture is doing. Bigger picture. Right? He's super big picture. Yeah. And so part of part of the reason why he's so powerful in the way the things that he says is that he looks at things objectively and he 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 um looks at them compassionately you know what i mean and and he understands that all the chaos around us comes from something right and he he looks at it from like a philosophical philosophical level of like what is this condition we're in and what like the causes that that the the cause of all this is it stems from something and we need to look at that right and so like the, the, this podcast is probably one of my favorite podcasts um that i've listened to just because this 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 guy has so much wisdom to offer yeah and he speaks with such clarity and such power and such like truth you know it's it's just really it was a really cool uh conversation but 
one of the things that he talked about, which I thought was so interesting, is that he really, really, really values art and, and comedy and music as like a way to, to um, empower culture culture and r- regular people yeah. right and so like some of the stuff he talks about is like how comedians can ca- comedians can kind of uh, joke about stuff but they can also be real they can also be true and they can they can speak truths but present it present it in a way that relates to people and they can be critical of the system they can be cr- critical of the of the environment that they're that they're living in in a way that people can connect with. And so it's and almost... Without, and without much scrutiny because they're comedians. Yes, they're comedians. They can always just be like, oh, I'm just joking around. Yeah, I'm a comedian. Exactly. And that, that's, that's a powerful position because you can sort of fly under the radar of scrutiny with, with the, the, the people in power or, or like the system itself, you know? Because you're just a comedian, but you can speak the truth about things in a way that um, sheds light onto the inconsistencies and in the in the inadequacies inadequacies of what we're doing, Mm -hmm. right? So, I think he's right. Is that is that change change happens through art through creativity. You know, because because the people that are thinking about um, the inadequacies and the inconsistencies in our society, the people that are thinking about that are the people who see potential in what we have, but re-envision it into something that is better or something that is correct. You know what I mean? And so, so when, when you have somebody who takes a critical stance of the status quo... You're dealing with somebody who is, who is, has a vision for how things should be, or or how things could be, right? Yeah. So like, what what he's saying about that about how art influences culture in a way that is that that drives change. It's so true, because the people who are creating are the ones who imagine something more than what there is. And that's part of what we've been talking about with the recycling thing. It's like you see potential in what there is, but you can see how it can be better. Yeah. And so like comedians are an example of that. They they can be critical of 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 a subject. But that comes from a place of like this is really stupid. Let's yeah. talk about this, right? Yeah. And then people can kind of understand where that where that person's coming from, and and be on board with how it could be better, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of comedians do that. A lot of comedians criticize what's around them and poke fun at it lightheartedly. Lightheartedly, yeah. but there's a tr- there's a realness to that where it's like this is not a this is not how it should be, or this is not it yeah it could be so much more if we just address this problem of what i'm complaining about which might you know? be an insanely huge yeah. problem but in in music true. is similar where where there's there's a lot of 
music out there today that that speaks truths about um, certain perspectives. Like you know, you have rappers that are talking about how they grew up, and it's it's fucking depressing. You know, they have a that like a lot of people grew up in a rough like a rough environment, right? Yeah. But saying it, saying it to where other people can hear it and, and saying it to where people can understand that, like, there are aspects outside of your own life. There, there are things happening that you don't understand, but I am conveying it to you and explaining how it is for me. Right. Yeah. And that you almost can't have a a conversation with a stranger about shit like that. No. Because there's, there's social shit that gets in the way where you're like, I don't know you yeah. and I don't really... I'm not about to unload. I don't, I don't want yeah. to be... Im- like, you're imposing your conversation on me. Yeah, totally. You know, like, that... But you listen to a song, you can hear the the truth from somebody. But you can feel it, yes. too. That's yeah, the that, deeper That's element. the other thing. It's like, it's not only just the words that are telling some story about about some truth sure you have music that is that is expressing it yeah in a sonic tornado of emotion you yeah. know what i mean like it's it's a beautiful way to reach somebody without having to cross a bunch of social barriers you know i listen to like a hip hop song about how some some dude in in the ghetto like grew up and it's like I don't know that but I can feel it yeah because of how he's expressing it you know what I mean and that's that's powerful because it opens your mind up to things that are not possible for you and beyond just telling the story it's not just telling the story we're actually hearing the story but we're feeling what the story the impact of that story it's almost stepping into somebody's shoes for a second and that, and that's why people love music for the most part. It's like you, it's so adventurous. Yeah. Through culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And comedy is kind of the same way. It's like you get to like, I don't know. There's something hilarious about listening to to our favorite comedians talk about their worst days because we get to hear that we're not alone, but also somebody yeah. might have had a worse day than yeah. me. Yeah, a lot of times it's like super trivial. Totally, but it's it's relatable in a way where you're just like, yeah, that's it's hilarious. I, re- I relate to that. But yeah, it's like it's like, but it's not even really that big of a deal. I'm kind, of, I kind of get upset about these kind of annoyances, but he, but this comedian's putting it in a way that makes it funny, so it's not even really that serious. And and, and well, and and going back to our cultural impact of cr- the creative category is that when the when the comedian does that if you've been losing your mind about whatever you're irritated by and then they make a joke of that same thing what it does is it dissolves the conflict within yourself because it's so ridiculous yes because you you're not you're like that is exactly what i'm always frustrated by yeah and it presents it it in a way where it's like this is funny totally it's not upsetting and and you're not alone yes you you are brought into the experience like your or i guess your experience is added to their experience it is is expressed in a public yeah uh setting 
And then, and that's why it diffuses all the tension because you, you're not going to, Often, a lot of us don't talk about those yeah. frustrations then, because it's so weird and yeah, radical. And everybody's laughing about it. So it's just yeah. like everybody relates I, to this. Exactly. Because it's a human thought. Like, it's a human thing. And this this person just happened to think about it and say it. Yeah. And nobody else said it, but everybody laughed at it. That means that everybody relates to it. Which, back to the whole creation thing. You might have an idea and you think everybody's thought of it, but in reality, you need to share it however you do, through music, through video, through photography, through writing, through whatever, because even if everybody's thought of it, the person that shares it in their platform, they're the ones that are connecting. Yeah. Everyone else is, is doing it like totally disconnected. So like... Share your. Well, if you don't share, share it, there's no connection. But no, but no, ninety-eight percent of the population. That's a, a very radical statistic that is pulled out of nowhere. But I, I think that a very high percentage of people won't share those things, but they are looking for validation in those feelings. That's hilarious. That's hilarious because, <laughs> if you think about this, you're you're on the bus or the train or whatever. And something crazy happens, like some somebody yells at somebody, or so, something sure, crazy happens. Totally. What's the first thing you do? You look around for anybody else who noticed. Yeah, validation number one. And if nobody noticed, and you're the only one, it feels very uncomfortable. You're isolated. But if you see somebody else who noticed, and you lock eyes with them, and you kind of like, what the? F- you kind of look at them and like, what the fuck? Totally. That makes you feel better because you're like, I'm not alone. That person saw what I saw, and they're feeling what I'm feeling, and I feel more comfortable now totally. because now I'm not as uncomfortable about the thing that happened. Now I can I can see that that was an an anomaly in our air in this immediate area, and I'm not the only one who felt weird about it. Totally. That person also. Or like, you know, so, so, so here's the question. Why the hell did you question your own sanity when the weird thing happened? Why did you think that your internal reaction was not right? Why? Like that. This is a broad question for all of us. Why do we question our reaction to something fucked up and wait for somebody else to, and to acknowledge and validate our reaction knowing that it's fucked up. Why? Why do we do that? I think it's because when, when you're in a setting when you don't know anybody, it's a, it's a vulnerable position, right? So if you're on the bus, you don't know anybody on the bus. If, but, but and, if, and somebody freaks out and you're just totally. like, what the fuck? Like, I... I don't want to acknowledge that that happened because I'm alone. I don't have anybody to connect with about this. You're right. And right? so but but if if it's fucked up to begin with, why are we and this is not even pointing at you, Trey. It's like literally why are we as a society unable to have the confidence to declare that what we know just happened was fucking fucked up. And I'm going to go on. This is a perfect segue. In the, in the, that, that in comedy, something fucking happened. 
not once, not twice, but for decades. And only one person was willing to stand up and talk about it. And it was Hannibal Burris was able and willing to go in front of his audience and say, yeah, Bill Cosby's a fucking creep. That dude raped a ton of people. And he said it so so naturally yeah. and and people were like what really and but, but so i was but, just but the, the other thing is is that in the comedian world people have been talking about that for years but nobody's been saying it publicly and that's that's the issue is that that Hal burris is not a character type of personality yeah. that i think is a hero but i think that he just literally doesn't give a fuck. He made, he had a moment of boldness where he's just like, "This is fucked up. What are we? Exactly. What are we doing here?" And he communicated that in a way during a comedy routine, totally, where he's just like, "Yeah, this guy's a creep." And then from, if you don't know already, from his stand-up, that is the catalyst that started the entire investigation. Because people, people, people started out. responding and saying, yeah, that dude is a fucking creep. And now Bill Cosby is no longer a family name. <laughs> you know, like, like so if the, if the professional comedy industry had, does lack the, the confidence and the balls to declare what they know... How are we on the bus supposed to be expected to stand up and say what we know? Yeah. Like that's a fucking tough that's a tall fucking order. Because you don't wanna you don't wanna separate yourself from you, you don't wanna put yourself in a position where you are outside of what's happening, right? You don't wanna isolate yourself in a moment of boldness to put yourself apart from what's happening with everybody else. Everybody else just wants to ignore the thing that happened on the bus that was weird. Definitely. But in in a moment of boldness, if you confront it and address it, then you open up the opportunity for other people that feel uncomfortable to join in and 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 validate that concern, right? And it, like yeah. it's. What, what, you, do, you don't yeah. want to break away from the herd because it makes you vulnerable because you're the only one that's not doing what everybody expects. Well, and, I, and I'm curious if, like, the one weirdo on the bus doing weird stuff, whipping out their dick in public and slapping it on people or something weird, it's like, if they're the weirdo, I'm not the weirdo. Mm-hmm. And me and Trey have a history of, like, embracing being the most awkward people in the room. So, uh, especially at our shows, like, we, we want to be the goofiest people in the room because it gives people the, it, it, it gives people, empowers people to be, to have more fun because they know they're not going to be the idiots in the room. Yeah. So, if you're on the bus and somebody's got their fucking weenie in their hand, it's like, do I stand up? And and in the in the the context of the scenario, do I join the weirdo being now not there's if I stand up, there's not one weirdo. There's now two weirdos 
and I'm now joining the, the everyone else is is part of scene B of the group. They're mm-hmm. part of group B. I'm now joining group A by standing up and and fucking saying something. Put your dick away, bro. Yeah, well, exactly. And then and then like I like how this is the I know this is the scenario <laughs> that we're imagining. <laughs> I, I literally just say something happens on the bus and we went it's, straight to it's dick, always, dick out on the bus. It's always been a dick out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dick. The whole time it was yeah. a dick. It's you, always a you dick. You didn't expect it, but it was always a dick. Um, but like you, you just don't want to feel like that, that person. And so, so I don't know. I think that everyone, everyone wants the courage to stand up. Well, right? Yes. And this is this is important because it's not only just the courage to stand up when there's an injustice happening. Because that is something that people can That's uh, black and they, white. You can muster the courage to be like, "Bro, put your dick away, you totally. you fucking person." That's an easy solution. Yeah. It's everybody easy. Every, you know that everybody understands that that's not okay. Totally. And so it's easy to be like, "Dude, put your fucking dick away." But if it's kind of you're not sure how everybody feels about something it's a little ballsy it's a little ballsy to be like i, I disagree there? with this right dick out ah uh, yes <laughs> back to dicks but you know what i mean like <clears throat> when it's kind of ambiguous or it, it's i don't know like or it's or a, when a it's better injustice, example, a better it's example. Easy. but if, if it's like if it's like something that is Gray. Bothering gray. you personally, yeah. and you're like, maybe I'm the one that needs to fucking chill out, you know? Yeah, but, like, but it's never, it's not, it, it, I bet you 2% of the time, two out of, of fucking, that's, that's the thing though, is 7 you, billion you people. You never know what other people are thinking, so, so you try to blend in and not but cause the, any But that's trauma. what you tell yourself. Yes. You tell yourself you don't know what they're thinking, because you don't want to do something that's going to push you further outside of the circle of people you don't know. Yeah. You tell yourself that. You know that the guy that's leering at some young female is wrong. He's fucking weird and he needs to chill the fuck out. And leering's not illegal. You know what I mean? Like, it's that when it starts to be just weird and creepy where you're like, should I do something? I don't know. Is somebody acting weird? But I don't know. And nobody else, because you have tunnel vision when you're feeling this. Let's shift though. Okay. Let's, Let, cut, let's, let's say there's somebody on the bus that's not leering or pulling their dick out. Let's say they're kind of passed out. That's concerning because it's like, are they okay? Sure. Do they need help? Sure. Are they sleeping? Then it gets really fucking gray. Those are situations where I would feel uncomfortable taking action because it's like, the bus driver this probably this doesn't knows. seem like a crisis, but yeah. it, it seems weird and I makes me feel uncomfortable. But what's what's my responsibility here? Am I now responsible for this person that's acting different? Am I now responsible for this person's health? Are they okay? They seem okay. They're not they're not visibly dying. Like that's when it gets weird, is because it's like when when do when do you get that that boldness of like something needs to be done and nobody else is going to do it but me there are very mild situations that are not immediately a sure. problem sure that, or that you know of 
that you know of but could be a big problem. There could be somebody passing out on the bus that is overdosing on drugs or maybe is too drunk to even sure. know that they're on the fucking and they bus. might they might actually need help. So I'm going to I'm going to start to wrap this up. Yeah, and I we've think gotten that, I think down that a... <laughs> I think that the, 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 the we're going to wrap it all up back to the beginning that what it comes down to is do you want to be there uh, claiming that you're not responsible for something bad that might have happened? Or do you want to be there and claim to be responsible for something good you did that helped? That is what it comes down to. And you can either say, this is so full circle, it's going to make you nauseous, but you can either say that you kind of are not responsible for the it's recycling not my, bullshit. Not my problem. It's not it's your, too big. Yeah, but or or you didn't know or whatever. Or you can step in, be active, take risk. Be aware. Be aware and and be a part of something that is pushing for solution. The push towards a solution in everything takes risk and takes boldness. It takes boldness. Because you're you're gonna take steps that are, are that do nothing. And you're going to find dead ends. But dead ends mean that the, that you're one step closer to a, an open door. And the effort inspires others. Yes. Keep fucking going. Nothing inspires others like somebody who will not fucking stop. And somebody who takes a stance in a certain direction that is different. People recognize... When you are not acting how other people are acting. And you could be self-conscious about that, but you should, be, you should feel confident about that. Especially if it's the right thing to do. Because the fucking Lord knows. None of us want to be the people on the bus sitting there watch some fucking terrible thing happen. And do nothing. So I'd rather look like a jackass... Four out of five times, maybe not nine out of ten times. That's like a lot of times. I but like four the ratio. Out of five, <laughs> uh, the ratio. Four out of good. five times, like I, I, tr- I try, and then there, then it's not a thing. That's okay. But that one time, somebody, somebody else is being effective. Needs help, and they yeah. need help, and you are can be that person, and in and in anything, this transcends fucking buff, buff. This transcends bus life, like. In life, people need somebody who's willing to ask when they, they're they probably going to be denied. But that one time, one out of five or one out of ten. Or four out of five or nine out of ten. Well, four out of five times you, you get denied. It's like that one time you might, you might change a fucking life. Somebody's existence, their short existence, you might have an impact on that you will never be forgotten and... That's not an ego thing. That is a fucking survival thing. Yeah. Like, we are trying to survive as humans. And and the only thing you have to lose is your own image of yourself. And nobody else will care or notice. (laughs) You'll just think that you've got knocked down a a, a fucking like, oh, that was humiliating. And it's like, what about next week? Are you even going to remember this? And to be pretty honest, you're not alone when you go out and do the thing that you fail at. Yeah. Other people are watching and ha- and lack the confidence to try. And so you might have changed their life. 
We might as well all look like fucking idiots all the time. Anybody who's listening, we're empowering you. We're encouraging you because... Please look like an idiot because... Because if if you're looking like an idiot trying to do what's right, other people will take notice. Even if it's not a scenario that you need to do anything about, people do notice. People notice your actions. And people notice if you care. Yeah. If you make an effort. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is nobody knows and nobody notices. The best thing that can happen is you inspire others to be like you. And you help somebody. Yes. And like that's that's a, there's a, that's a no-lose situation. That is how you shift culture. Yes. Is you in in your own actions and your own decisions you make the right choice to do the right thing. Yeah. That's the only thing that we can do in this culture that we have where we have no control over fucking anything is to do the right thing at the right time and be bold and confident about it. And you make waves to the people that you influence with that. Yeah. And it, it, it fucking grows. That, that it does grows. Grow. It, you're not insignificant. Yeah. You're not insignificant. Like everything you do has an effect on other people. And you you will never know and you don't fucking need to know. You don't need to know. Just be be what you need to be and do the right thing. And 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 and, and that's how, and connect with other people because you connecting with other people is the only way you'll know that things are happening. But the people that you're not connecting with, the people that are in the back of the bus, people are on the, the train, the people are on the street waiting for a for whatever. People are anywhere, out in public. It's like those people do notice. and You might be the only person that impacts anybody that day. And, that, but, but that, and you might never know. So it's like that's the hard truth of, of making the hard decision. Yeah. And I will say, I'm wrapping it all the way back. Making the decision that takes courage is an additive piece of culture. Yes. It is not subtractive. We're back to the drawing game. <laughs> because I wanted to wrap this in so bad. But this, the, the, you are not taking anything away from the community that you are around. Whether you know them or not, you are adding to them, adding to their understanding of what they should be like. And so, I don't know how to, there's no full rap, but that is, that's the only rap I got. You reinvigorate the constant idea of improvement. Sure. When you do that. Because stagnant, being stagnant in culture is not... Uh, it's not progress. Yeah, there's no right. Yeah, well, well, so it's, it's like it might be comfortable, are, if, but, yeah. but it's not. It's if not, you're perpetuating better things through your actions, you are driving culture towards better outcomes, between or towards better culture. Yes. Exactly. Like so, yeah, I don't know. It's like when you when you go to a parking lot and everybody's acting like an. I'll just say Walmart parking lot. Walmart is known for the worst park drivers ever, and the Walmart parking lot is probably where. This is a st- statistic I'm pulling out of my ass, but 
85% of, of uh, uh, rage incidences happen, you know, are in the parking lot of Walmart because... That's, uh, that's, that's truth. <laughs> you can look that up. Look it up on Google. Yeah, you can, you a, can fucking... That's a, I just that read that a, on... Uh, no, I did not read that. But, because, on, uh, but in the parking lot words. of Walmart, like, you can fucking make a difference. Like, you can do something differently. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you can be the the antithesis of that negative uh, statistic. But that's that's something that Dr. Cornell West talks about is that you <clears throat> the only way to drive change in culture is to as an individual do the right thing. Do the right thing and be bold and and differentiate yourself from the crowd. Yeah. I don't think be that... a, don't be afraid to to separate yourself from what is the status quo. Yeah. Because sometimes the status quo is not right. No. So that's it. Um, we're gonna wrap it up there. Thank you for listening. Yes. This wins all the places we didn't know it would go, and we're happy about it, I think. Uh, and this has been Off the Record with Nick and Trey, season three, two, season two, episode three, right? Episode three? Season, season two, episode three. Yeah, you're right. Uh, my name's Nick. I'm Trey. And you and can find us on social media uh, in our description. And we appreciate you listening. And next week will be another adventure of, or misadventure of culture and, and creativity. Uh, our, our creativity. And we're going to be recording our new, our final vocals. We've, we've mixed, we've edited, we've produced our album down to the points where it's ready to go. Now we need to re-record some vocals and we will uh, flourish like sweet young squires. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that's what our next steps are so what are your next steps what do you think about all this what do you think about our our the about how, us pushing you to be bold in, in your community reach out to us and let, let us know because we'd love to hear success stories of being bold in public you know we'd also love to hear about the concept of recycling I know it's like a Kind of a mundane concept. It's like an like elementary school project. Yeah, it's like well, that but is. But it's actually important. But it is actually important, and and when it goes beyond just trash, like we'd love to hear your stories, man, or woman. We dude, want dude we, or dudette. We want you to inspire us. Yeah, come, like let us know story. so you can inspire us because we'd love to. We might. We, we would love to have you on as a guest in our next episode. So hit us up. Uh, yeah, our. Contacts in the de- in the description, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you so much. Uh, have a good night. Bye. Bye. Uh, this is off the record, right? <laughs>